have you noticed that malls are not as packed as they used to be during the holiday season? It was the late 90s. My wife and I were newlyweds, and I believe it was our first Christmas as husband and wife. It was also the first experience we had with somebody robbing us. Welcome to day three of the special edition of the Parent-Teacher Conference. Typically, this podcast is about educational issues from both the perspective of parent and teacher. Before the holidays, I am presenting the 12 Days of Christmas Arguments. So continue listening as you find out what was stolen and listen to a discussion on the best Rankin-Bass Christmas special. Teachers, are your digital assignments getting lost in the black hole of a digital folder? Can I suggest a solution? FanSchool. FanSchool is a safe and social learning network where students own and share their learning. Think of FanSchool as a digital bulletin board for your students' work. Take a look. Go to fan.school today. That is fan.school. And imagine what your classroom space will look like on FanSchool. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. and welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Cullen, your host, and I already explained at the beginning what we're doing for these special episodes. And I have received some positive feedback on the first two. If you haven't listened to them yet, the first one was on who was the best Scrooge, and the second day was what was the best Christmas hymn. Of course, typically, as I had said earlier, this podcast is about education from a parent and teacher perspective. And please feel free, if you like what you hear, please feel free to look at the whole library of episodes. I've been doing this basically every week since February. So we have, I would say, over 70 episodes on different topics. So I'd love for you to take a listen. Email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com and tell me what you think. Or if you, even if you have an idea for a future episode. Now, I was talking about how my wife, actually it was my wife who got robbed. And let me explain what happened. So, as many people do during December, we went down to the Trumbull Mall. We were living in Connecticut at the time. And since we were newly married, you know, you have kids in the back of your mind. And also, my, my wife flat out just loves Christmas. And CBS was selling stuffed animals of the different characters in the Rankin and Bass Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas Special. So my wife was picking up the different stuffed animals as they came out so she would have a collection for the holiday season, especially thinking too when we had kids, they would play with them. And just so you know, my daughters when they were younger loved playing with those characters like Rudolph and Clarice and Yukon Jack, the whole gang. 
So I don't remember which one she bought. There was a CVS in the mall that night. And so we stopped by the CVS and got the latest ones they were selling. We did some holiday shopping, and there was an arcade in the mall. Uh, my wife doesn't have many addictions, and, and her, all of her addictions are safe, so that's a good thing. But one addiction she does have is Pac-Man. Actually, Miss Pac-Man. The woman is addicted to that game. Like, if we go anywhere, we see arcade machines. Even if they're like the latest, that you wouldn't think there'd be a Miss Pac-Man, she would like sniff it out. She would find like an area of the old arcade machines tucked away in the arcade, and find a Miss Pac-Man. And, and then you lose her for an hour. She's really good at it. So back in the late '90s, arcades were not hard to find, especially in a mall. So she had to go in the arcade. She had to play Miss Pac-Man. So she was playing Miss Pac-Man. I played a couple of games, and I think I walked out through the mall because I knew she'd be there for a while. Then I came back, and she was done. And she went to go pick up her CVS bag with the character, the latest characters of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer stuffed animal she bought, and it was gone. She had placed it at her feet, and the we had gone from CVS right to the arcade. There was no place else she had this bag. And we realized that somebody stole the bag. I'm not sure if the person who took it was green and furry and went by the name The Grinch, but he definitely was a bit of a Grinch for us that holiday season. I mean, it wasn't a lot of money, so that was the good thing. She did was able to go and buy the characters that were stolen, but that was our first experience being robbed. Somebody, I, I wonder what they were thinking. They were probably see CVS. They thought it was some kind of medication or something. They open it up and it's like there's Yukon Jack, you know, staring them in the face. Like what? I took the risk of stealing stuff, something. I got stuffed animals, but. Do you remember the Rankin and Bass Christmas specials? The first one is the one we've been talking about so far, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And other more popular titles titles of the stop-motion claymation animation that we grew to love. In fact, so much so that the movie Elf, right, gives an homage to Rankin and Bass, like the narwhal and the snowman that... Buddy the Elf talk with is definitely giving a shout out to those many Christmas specials that Rankin and Bass created. Some of the more popular titles other than Rudolph, you have um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which gives you a Santa Claus origin story and who can forget Burgermeister Meisterburger. Following on the heels of that, you had the year without a Santa Claus. Remember, Santa Claus gets a cold. And I can't remember. I haven't seen it in a while. I, I used to watch it when the kids were younger. But they have to switch northern winter with southern summer. And they have to go get an agreement from Heat Miser and, and Cold Miser. And they had those songs. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Cold Miser. And that, I mean, I remember... When that came out, it was big kid. We had a kid. It was a kid who just moved into town. 
And his nickname was Heat Miser. I don't know. I still don't know how he did it. Maybe you can email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. He explained this to me. So what? He, okay, let me tell you what he did. And then I'll remind you of the email so you can tell me how he did it. He would he'd be in, inside. It wasn't outside where it was cold and you breathe out and so cold. You're, the air inside of you is warmer and you see smoke coming out right of your mouth. It wasn't that. He would, he could be indoors, and he would suck in the air. He would kind of do something in his chest with it, and then he'd go, oh, and blow it out. And you would see the same thing you would see. Not not as much, though, but you would see that smoke come out of his mouth. And so he gained the nickname Heat Miser from the year without a Santa Claus. And again, if you can explain to me how you how he did that, Please email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. That's a great party trick. And, of course, their mother, who is Mother Nature, kind of had to set the boy straight and to allow this for Santa to not miss Christmas, not to have a year without a Santa Claus. You had a little drummer boy, and that's pretty, you know, and if you go to episode two of the Christmas Hymns, You'll hear my take on Silent Night. I say it sounds like a funeral dirge. And Little Drummer Boy is the funeral dirge of Rankin Bass. I mean, if it's a 22-minute long cartoon or claymation animation, 20 minutes is depressing. I mean, his parents die in the first 10 minutes. And, I mean, you would think it's a Disney movie, right? Like the parents dying. The message, of course, is the hope that's created at the end. He's having this miserable life, and he sees the baby Jesus. This is probably Rankin and Bass's most overtly religious special. When the little drummer boy sees the baby Jesus, his heart is changed. And for Christians, that's who Jesus is. He is the God-man. He is the hope for the world. He changes human lives. So the idea is you sit through 20 minutes of watching this little boy go through things that no kid should go through to get to the punchline, which is Jesus changes lives. So like I said, very that's definitely a very religious theme. It's not the Christmas of Santa. It's the Christmas of Jesus with little drummer boy. I mean, there is another Rankin and Bass special that I can think of off the top of my head that does deal with Jesus and the Christian message, and that's Nestor, the long-eared donkey. And again, kind of like a Disney movie, I, I think the mom dies in that one, and it's the you know ears Nestor. Uh, so, and it's he Nestor is supposed to be the donkey that Mary rides to Bethlehem on. As I was doing research for this, there were a few that I forgot about that I remember watching after I saw it, and a couple that I didn't really even know. So, for example, there was Rudolph Shining New Year. I do remember that. I remember watching it. Wasn't a huge fan of it. They do team up Rudolph and Frosty in in one of these stop-motion animations. Now, Frosty was... A cartoon created by Rankin and Bass, the famous Frosty the Snowman, with Jimmy Durante as the narrator. But in this version, they create 
Frosty has stop motion animation, and it's called like Christmas in July. There's one with leprechauns. There's one Jack Frost. I do remember watching Jack Frost. Wasn't a fan. And like I said earlier, we can also include the cartoons of Rankin and Bast. And that they include, again, Frosty. And there was one called Twas the Night Before Christmas based on the famous poem by Clement Moore. Or should I say based around it because it has really nothing to do with the poem. It's the story of a watchmaker and a mouse. And the mouse's son writes a letter that gets printed in the local newspaper telling Santa he doesn't exist. So Santa decides he's not going to... Not going to come to their town this year. He's like pissed off. So the watchmaker decides to create this clock that at midnight on Christmas, a song would ring out to encourage Santa to come to the town. And all I know, well, there's two things I remember. I remember the son um, saying, you know, oh, father. I, I remember, I just remember that voice. It kind of stuck with me. Oh, father. When he's when the son is trying to you know make amends for all the trouble he caused, but the other thing is and check this out. So it's called the "Twas the Night Before Christmas" cartoon. Do a search for it after you're done listening. It has the most hideous looking Santa. I mean, it, it it's almost like he has a beard with no mustache, and the red on his cheeks are is too red. It's almost like. Santa had it tied one over before he went out, and maybe he needs to before he goes out on the sleigh every Christmas. I don't know, but definitely one of the most hideous Santas that I've ever seen in a cartoon. Now, so from some of the things I've just said, the arguments have maybe have started with you. You're arguing with me. You're talking back to however you're listening to this. Maybe you're in your car, like yelling at me. I'm wrong on different of the specials. This is supposed to reveal what I think is the best Rankin Bass special. And I'm going to go with the first, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, I think I should give you a little background on Rudolph in case you don't know it. So, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer started its journey as a promotional product for the Montgomery Ward department stores. It was a little booklet handed out in stores during the Christmas season of 1939. About 10 years later, a guy named Johnny Marks converts it into a song, and it becomes a hit for Gene Autry. Now, some of you know I'm a big baseball fan. Gene Autry, known for his country-western acting and singing, becomes the owner of the California Angels years later. But anyway, back to our Rudolph story. So in 1964, for NBC, Rankin and Bass create the stop-motion animation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer special. Arthur Rank Jr. and Jules Bass started their company in New York in 1960. However, most of the stop-motion animation production was actually headed up in Japan. General Electric were the sponsors of that very first showing of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in 1964. Other than the song, the story of the song, you see it played out. You know, Rudolph has a red nose. His father is Donner, one of Santa's reindeer. He's not able to play in the reindeer games. Uh, the other reindeers laugh and call him names. So we, we see that part of it. We're introduced to Hermie. I want to be a dentist, right? The elf that wants to be a dentist. We also meet Yukon Cornelius. And if you're listening carefully, I was, I'm not going back and editing it. 
I was I was calling him Yukon Jack. It's Yukon Cornelius, and as he was trying to track down the abominable snow monster or the bumble. And of course, who could forget the land of misfit toys? I actually have a friend who used as his email address Charlie in the Box. And, you know, that was his problem. He wasn't a jack-in-the-box. He was a Charlie-in-the-box. And who wants a train with square wheels or an elephant that's pink with polka dots? But, I re- you know, going back to the story about the CVS stuffed animals, I remember, this is like the late 90s. I'm sitting there with my wife. We're, we're looking at all the little stuffed animals. She's, I don't know if she was putting them away. And I just look at Dolly. Now, she was one, you know, the little stuffed animal doll of a girl. And I'm looking at her. I remember just turning to my wife, and if it don't, now things you don't think about when you're a kid. And I just turned to my wife and I said, What was Dolly's problem? I mean, I get every other toy in the land of misfit toys, but what was Dolly's problem? You know, what was it? I, I know, I think it was Rankin. They asked Rankin. What was Dolly's problem? And he said it was psychological. She had psychological issues, and that was her. That's why she was a misfit. It, it was, it's kind of weak. Um, one one explanation I heard is that in the original, Dolly had such a small part you only saw her so so briefly that it really didn't matter what her issue was that landed her in the land of misfit toys. But there's a reason why Dolly's part grew. And it goes to something very interesting. I don't know if you know this. In the 1964 production, How Rudolph Ends, is Santa takes off in the sleigh. Now, first of all, here's something to catch if you have never caught this before. In the end, when Rudolph takes off with the sleigh, there's only six reindeer. I think it's Rudolph and six other reindeer. Santa's missing two. One of the reasons for that is so Donner could, I think he says like a line like, that's my boy or something. I don't think that's the actual line, but Donner's on the ground looking at his son leading the sleigh. And that's one of the reasons. So you can have a reason for Donner not pulling the sleigh for Santa that night. He can watch his son pull it. But the ending is the elves with presents of the credits. They'd pull up a present and it would have, you know, directed by and on the gift as they gave it out. So what happened, and remember this is the days before the internet, people began to write in and they complained. They said, but what about the misfit toys? You know, Rudolph promised them that he would let Santa know about them. What about the misfits? So what Rankin and Bass did was they altered the ending. So what we traditionally see now was not the original ending, where Santa goes back and picks up the misfit toys, and the elves throw out the presents with the umbrellas at the end. So instead of Santa going down chimneys, you have the elves tossing out the gifts and the gifts making, you know, you assume the gifts make their way down with the umbrellas safely into the house they, they go to. And actually that's a technique that was also used in the Flintstone Christmas special when 
Fred plays Santa. But like I said earlier, there are things that you catch when you watch Rudolph as an adult that you never thought about as a kid. And I'm going to share with you the big one. Santa Claus was a real jerk. It's true. I remember sitting there watching with my little daughters, and I'm going, I turned to my wife, and I said, I never realized how much of a jerk Santa is in this cartoon. I mean, who would want him to come at all on Christmas if that's really what he's like? I mean, there's a scene where the elves want to sing their Christmas song for Santa. They've been practicing really hard, and um, Mrs. Claus says, oh, come on, Santa, come on, Papa, listen to the song. And they sing it, and they're all smiling as they're practicing and singing it to Santa to see if he approves. And Santa just kind of looks at his wife and goes, all right, I'm done, I'm out of here. Kind of like just bolts out, like not even saying, hey, great job. It's like, all right, I'm done. And then, of course, the whole thing about Rudolph. He was born with a birth defect. His nose shines. So what? And you're making such a big deal about it? Come on, Santa. Do better. Of course, Rudolph runs away because the other reindeers used to call, laugh and call him names. They wouldn't let him play in the reindeer games. Santa was a real jerk to him, too. He comes home, and Santa sees them. He sees that his parents and Clarice had went out looking for him. Of course, who does Santa blame? Rudolph. He, he blames the victim. Does victim blaming there. And then, of course, the end when it's a foggy night and he sees Rudolph flashing his nose. Then he uses, oh, Rudolph, I need you. Oh, like you didn't need him before. You thought the birth defect there was a big problem. Now it's a huge win for Team Santa. Santa's such a user. Yes, yes. I've, I've been having some fun at Rudolph's expense. But at the same time, I'm telling you, Rudolph was the best of the Rankin and Bass specials. It even with the flaws of Santa, the flaws of not really knowing what the issue what landed Dolly in the Land of Misfit Toys. It's a great storyline. There's some great songs to it. And maybe even because we can discuss it over 50 years later, some of those questions that come up and the fact that as a child you see it differently than you do as an adult you, it, there's some layer of complexity there I don't know but the he, Rankin and Bass made a lot of great Christmas specials I am not denying them some clunkers but some great ones but of them all I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the argument here the best Rankin Bass Christmas special was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Thank you for joining me on the Parent-Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be somebody who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. PTC Podcast 411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher cares deeply for their students, but good parents 
love those students, their children, deeply. <laughs>